Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I want to take a moment, just let you know a bit of what's coming up in our community. As we near our budget year end at Southview, we face a significant shortfall in our building fund. Now, this fund is used to service the debt and upkeep on the facility, and we know our church is far more than a building, but the property that we have is something that we can be incredibly grateful for. As an example, the property allows us to do some awesome things for things like our kids' ministry through summer camp starting next month, or hosting interchurch events for our grade five, six students. Even our ability to record and produce our online liturgies or our podcasts benefit immensely from this building that we call home. So even as you listen to this podcast, there will be a link nearby that you can click to give for this special offering. And we have a bold year-end giving goal to raise $325,000 that are needed to cover the shortfall in our building fund. And we're excited to see what God will do. The best way to know what's going on here at Southview is by checking out our weekly viewpoint. You can find a link to that viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast. And if you're new with us here in this digital space, we'd love to hear from you. And you can find an online connection card at the bottom of the viewpoint, along with a prayer request form so that we can support and join you in prayer. And additionally, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. But now, today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant, because God is here, and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. Hello and welcome. Glad you're joining us online, and it is no accident that you are watching uh, this from wherever you are, and uh, wherever you are, God is present with us, and we're so thankful for that, and he longs for you to know that he loves you, and we are getting together, joining together, whether it's online, um, whether you're listening to this on a podcast, um, this is Pentecost weekend this June 3rd, 4th weekend. And uh, this weekend is the weekend in the church year where for almost uh, 2,000 years, uh, the church has gathered to remember and celebrate uh, the coming of the gift of the Holy Spirit on the first followers of Jesus. And as part of that remembrance, there has also been for centuries, there's been an integral element in Pentecost worship gatherings. And we actually read of it in Acts chapter 2, the description of the first Pentecost And if you recall the details, the resurrected Jesus, he's ascended to heaven. Uh, His followers are huddled together, not knowing what to do. And this is what we read in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And friends, this is the word of God. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared on them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. So there was a crowd from all different nations who were around them, and they saw and heard what was happening. And they were asking, how, how can these people that don't speak our language, they're speaking in our native tongue? How are they doing this? Well, the Apostle Peter, he steps up 
and with this Holy Spirit-enabled boldness, begins to declare the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He concludes by saying in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, in this message that he gives to these people, he says this, Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41. So those who welcomed this message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. So 3,000 people repented. They turned in faith to Jesus. They had a change of mind, a change of direction, and they were baptized on that same day. That is why for nearly 2,000 years, Pentecost weekend has been a weekend when local churches baptize followers of Jesus. And so this Pentecost, as our pattern has been while we were open, <laughs> minus the last couple years, uh, we want to do the same thing this Pentecost weekend. So if you haven't been baptized before, I invite you, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, to come this weekend to be baptized, June 3rd and 4th. We have services on Saturday night at 6.30. We have Sunday morning services at 9 and 11 a.m. Or if you're somehow watching this after June 3rd, 4th weekend, uh, you can contact us for any future baptisms uh, that we're running here at Southview. And you can go to our website, southviewchurch.com. Also, if you're in another part of the country or another part of the world and you're partaking on this online liturgy, we want to encourage you to connect with a local church in your area and take this step of obedience. Because we want you, as a follower of Christ, to be baptized. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. It's fitting to ask, you know, what is this baptism all about? Like if someone were to ask you, why, does, why do churches do this? What is this? And one of the ways that we talk about it here at Southview is we're going to be looking at that as we come to Scripture in a few different stories that we're going to look at. But in the original Greek, um, the word uh, that we have in our English translations, baptize or baptism, um, it comes from the Greek word baptizo. And it's not really a spiritual word uh, of any sort. It's, it simply means to immerse in water or to dunk or to wash. And so in the New Testament, it refers to a follower of Jesus being immersed or baptized in water, baptizoed. And so being immersed in water symbolizes being cleansed and being raised from death to life. So physically, that's what baptism is. It's, it's simply a ceremony in which a person who has turned in faith to Jesus is immersed in water. Okay, but why do, why do we do that? Well, it's not just a physical act, and it's, and it's really not just a, a human act either. God, by his Holy Spirit, is also present and at work in baptism. In fact, Scripture talks about this, particularly about really three elements or declarations that are a part of baptism. 
Now, this may be a review for some of you, and that's okay. It's always great to have these reviews. And this may be some new information for some of you, which is great. So three elements that we see expressed in three different baptisms in Scripture. And we're going to look at those three different examples of baptism. So the first one, I want you to think back uh, 3,400 years ago when the Israelites were led by Moses out of Egypt and they're crossing the Red Sea to escape their slavery over the years in Egypt. And the Apostle Paul actually writes about this in his letter to the Corinthians um, when he's talking about that specific event of Moses leaving Egypt and then them crossing the Red Sea. And this is what he writes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 2, verse 1 and 2. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So Paul is saying what the Israelites did in going through the waters of the Red Sea was really a first expression of baptism. And we know from the book of Exodus that there were three elements really in that baptism in the Red Sea. For one, it was an act of identity. When they passed through the waters, it was a declaration of their new identity in God. They had been slaves in Egypt, but now they were the children of the living God. They had this new identity as God's children. Second was an act of obedience. Now, if you know the Exodus story, the Israelites didn't want to go to the water. They were actually at the water and they were like, hey, let's all go back. Like, it's better than dying out here. And um, they wanted to go back to slavery. They said, well, that would be easier. But finally, they do choose to obey. And in faith, they stepped into those waters to walk through the waters. So second, their baptism was about obedience to God. And then third, the baptism was about presence. What did God promise the Israelites uh, when they went through the waters of the Red Sea? He promised his presence. And it was expressed as a pillar of cloud by day, which guided them through the Red Sea and a pillar of fire by night. So in other words, God was saying, I am with you. I am with you. So we see three elements of that Red Sea baptism. And we talk about in these letters, IOP, identity, obedience, and presence. And don't get confused with IHOP. They have an H. We don't have that. And there's no pancakes involved in baptism. Although you can go home afterwards and celebrate your baptism with a great pancake meal if you wanted to, but it's IOP, not IHOP, just so you're clear. Uh, But let's now fast forward uh, 1,400 years. Uh, to a second baptism story. And we're going to look at Jesus's baptism in the Jordan River. And let's listen to Matthew's description of Jesus's baptism in light of identity, obedience, and presence. So we see this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. We pick up the story. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, it was a fulfillment of obedience by Jesus. Then he consented. 
And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Meaning the presence of God with him and upon him in this picture. And it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. So declaration and baptism of the identity of Christ. He is the son of God. So Jesus's baptism was about three things. Identity, obedience, and presence. And then there's a third uh, baptism in scripture. Followers of Jesus, like we read in Acts 2, which includes us. And those baptized through faith in Jesus received a new identity. Forgiven children of God. And so for those baptized, they are declaring, and don't miss this, God is declaring that they have a new identity through faith in Jesus. In Acts 2, as we already read, they were also taking a step of obedience. Peter told them not just to repent, but to do what? To be baptized. And Peter also said that in their repentance and baptism, they would receive what? Let's read it again in Acts 2, verse 38. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see God is at work when you repent and are baptized. You will receive the presence and the power of God within you, this promised Holy Spirit. So we see these three baptisms in Scripture explaining why baptism is so essential for us as followers of Jesus. This identity, this obedience, and this presence that we have in Christ. So one more uh, baptism story, which is a pretty really cool story in Acts chapter 8. There's another beautiful and instructive baptism story. In Acts 8, the Holy Spirit prompts a follower of Jesus named Philip to cross paths on the road with an Ethiopian eunuch who was really a court official of queen of ethiopians so as philip approaches him on the road philip hears him reading this prophetic scripture about jesus from the book of isaiah and so philip says to him you know are you understanding what you're reading and the ethiopian says how can i unless i get some guidance with this i need some help to understand this and so the ethiopian asks so who is this passage uh, talking about in other words, this Ethiopian has very little, if any, understanding of who Jesus truly is. And we read this in Acts chapter 8, verse uh, 35. Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. So as far as we know, this was the Ethiopian's first hearing about the new life that is available in Jesus. Goes on. As they were going through the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went, out, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. He says, what prevents me from being baptized? It is the really only question that makes any sense once the who question has been answered, heard, and seen. This Ethiopian has found his body in Jesus. He is in Christ and Christ is in him, and now the water waits for the joining. 
And really the immediacy of this blessed event is, is so beautiful. The eunuch wants God as much as God wants him. Isn't that cool? They will wait no longer for each other. Verse 39, it says, after he was baptized, he went on his way rejoicing. So the Ethiopian eunuch is free as an Ethiopian eunuch. And he may move forward in joy. His future is now open-ended now. God has broken the connection between identity and destiny. Between definition and determination. And he's inserted a new trajectory for his life. He is moving forward toward God through the Son and in the Spirit. And I love how Willie Jennings uh, says it. He says, the complexities of his identity no longer prescribe a way of life because he has been found in Christ and his flesh is now bound to the spirit through baptism. That's so great. It's such a great story and there's so much that we can unpack from it and learn. But today, what I just want you to to understand is two things in particular I want us to look at. Nope. First and foremost, the prerequisite for baptism. Apparently, the only prerequisite, as shown here and in Acts chapter 2, is simply personal faith in Jesus Christ. Believing the good news about who Jesus is and what he has accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection. That's the first thing. So let's bring that to us. So we take all of that, and here's the question for us to consider. What about you? Whether you've been following Jesus for many years, or perhaps today is kind of that first day that you're wanting to follow Jesus in your own life, you want to put your faith in Jesus, well then I invite you, and I I want to call you in Christ to get baptized. And I know you're watching this wherever you may be, but I know God is prompting some of you. And I invite you to respond to him as he's calling you to get baptized if you haven't done so yet. So two, two questions. First, what is God saying to you? As you've been hearing these stories of these different elements of baptism and looking at identity, obedience, and presence through these stories, uh, the Moses Exodus, uh, Jesus' baptism, Acts 2, when 3,000 people uh, repented and got baptized, and even uh, Philip in the eunuch and that story. What is God saying to you today? And then second, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? In other words, what is God calling you to move forward in, to take a step in? What is the step the Holy Spirit is leading you to take? And friends, he is our guide. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. He will support you as you step into the new creation that God is making in you. So we invite you, wherever you are, to consider baptism if you haven't taken that step. And if we can help you by connecting here at Southview or you coming this weekend um, or in any other future opportunities that we have have here at Southview, or a local church that we can get you connected with wherever you are, please do just reach out to us because we want to celebrate you taking whatever step God is leading as you journey with him in faith. 
But if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't taken this step, we invite you to wrap your identity into Christ, to be obedient to the call upon your life, to follow him, and to experience his presence by his Holy Spirit. So we hope you can make it. If not, let us know how we can support you in the journey. But let's pray together. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to to be reminded of this uh, sacrament of baptism and what it's all about and how it, our identity gets wrapped up in we are now children of God and this obedience that we are following you through these waters. Uh, we are dying to ourself. We are now living to new life in Christ and following you as our Lord and Master and experiencing the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, that you long to empower us with through this life. So Jesus, wherever uh, uh, my friends are at listening and engaging with this, I just pray that you would lead them and prompt them by your spirit. And if Southview can be a, a place where they can take that step in their own faith, uh, help us to make those connections a reality. So God, we love you. We thank you for leading us and we thank you for teaching us by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, uh, if we can help you in any way in your journey of faith, whatever it might be, maybe it's not around baptism, but you just have questions about who Jesus is. You have questions about how to read your Bible. You don't have a Bible and you want a Bible. Uh, please do reach out to us at southviewchurch.com and uh, we'd love to be able to connect with you and help you in your journey of faith and celebrate along the way. But as you go into this week, whatever it holds, uh, receive these words. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.